Hello and welcome to Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me is Callum. Callum, how are we doing? Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. I've had a, I've had a great day. What about you? Yes, uh, fine, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'd imagine that the good day is a, a direct relation to the fact that it was a good day yesterday for, for him to go down. It certainly was. That, that yeah. was, uh, was a f- well, to be fair, I'm not even going to call it a strange result because I called it. You did, to be fair. But it was a... It was a a contrasting weekend, should we say, um, in terms of results and performances. I think we'll start with the poorer uh, performance. And if I, when I say poor, I mean it's probably a poor performance I've seen for Hearts for a long time, but certainly from a Craig Levine side in a, in a very long time at Hearts as well. I mean, Hearts nil, Livingston 5. Quite incredible. Yeah, uh, I think no one saw that coming. Last week we we spoke that obviously Livingston do have quality. They are they are strong at home. They're physical, but uh, thought that Hearts had enough about them to come away with a narrow win, one you know, nil, and just wow. Yeah, we certainly highlighted that last week on the podcast. We highlighted Livingston are good at home. I think they've only lost one at home this season. You know, Hibs have been through there, Celtic have been through there, Rangers had been there, and they hadn't lost any of those games. So we highlighted that it was going to be like that, but I, don't, I suppose there's two ways to look at it, isn't it? I mean, it, it really just comes to four, down to 14 minutes of absolute madness. madness. Yeah. Uh, you know, 72 minutes in, Livingston hit the post in the first half, Hearts hit the post in the first half. You seen the second half. Yep. I'd imagine for the first, what, maybe 20 minutes of the second half, you were saying, again, it was just kind well, of even. Realistically, but Livingston shading it slightly. Realistically, did, um, did the first half on the radio because I had to get out my get my house and pick someone up. <laughs> it was on a staff night out and that. But uh, no, did the first half on the radio and it was very even. I think Livingston... Probably just shading it even into the second half. Uh, Levine changed it at half time. Sean Clare came on and he has a chance in the second half. He's through. Liam Kelly makes a good block. And you think, well, could, should he have done better there? Probably. But up until the 70th minute, 72nd minute, you're going, this is just going to be a drab nil nil. Both teams have had chances, but it looks like the, the killer instinct's gone. Mm-hmm. And thought, yeah, it'll be, it'll just peter out, and nothing will happen. And then, yeah, madness. I, I literally, I turned, I turned away from the screen, and next thing, I looked back, and the ref had the red card out, and I went, "What the f- is going on here?" <laughs> but yeah, is Lamo? I, I don't know what he's doing. On the radio, because you, I, I listened to the game, the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. I listened to the second half, you watched the second half. The commentators on, on the radio cam were saying that they were concerned with Slamel. This is before the penalty. They were concerned with Slamel just in terms of his maybe hesitance, but also a couple of crosses were coming in the box. It was quite slappy. He wasn't punching, yeah. wasn't ca- he was slapping. Uh, they just weren't convinced, they were a bit, just weren't really confident in him. And then, literally about two minutes later, the penalty happens. And it was everything they'd said. Just happened. Uh, hesitates, and if I'm honest, it probably could have been a straight red. I mean, has Craig Halkett wronged him in a past life or something? Because that's assault. <laughs> he yeah. just absolute 
takes him out. I just hesitates. He just hesitates for a second or two, and that's all it takes. Yeah. And then it's a, mm-hmm. oh, it's a stonewall, obviously. For for a few weeks now, uh, yourself, you've been saying, Slamo, these goals that are going in, is it? And was I was, I was on a, I was at thirtieth a couple of weeks ago, and speaking to a few Hearts fans, and they were just saying that realistically, get get him out and give. Uh, the boy Doyle a chance that they picked up from Bradford last season so apparently he had a very good season at at Bradford so they're like get him in like, yeah. get, get Slamo dropped and well I mean the language was slightly more colourful but <laughs> get Slamo dropped and give Doyle a chance because I think that they were they, they were of the opinion that you know a performance like this was coming and yeah, it yeah. set the tone. It set the tone. Something interesting, Calum. I'm going to leave this with with you. Leave it with the listeners. I remember uh, listening to the radio well back. Now I'm a goalkeeper, former goalkeeper, but goalkeeper. Um, and it was interesting listening to the radio. And they had it was one of the former England goalkeepers for life of me. I can't quite remember his name just now. But one of the big ones, not Banks, but that type of Shilton. Yeah, it could have been Shilton actually. And someone asked them. They said during your career. Uh, it must be difficult for a goalkeeper to like hit percentages of what, what they feel, you know, a striker might say, I want to score one in every whatever chance, or, you know, I want to hit 20 goals a season, or whatever it is, a striker can hit them targets. And they asked him, what do you do for a goalie? And he said, and it's something that kept with me as I played my football for the last 10 years or so, he said that one in every 10 goals, if you can concede only one, one goal in every 10 that you have to put your hands up and say, shoot, I'm betting better there. He thinks you're on a very good uh, percentage or a good a good okay. a good stat to hit one in every ten. I think if you look back, every heart goal con- conceded. I don't know how many they've conceded so far in the season. I think you'll see a lot. I think there'll be a lot more than one in ten for for Zlamo. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the Rangers goal, things at the top of my head. You know, the Rangers goal, the St Mirren goal that you said, the penalty at the weekend. There's three at the top of my head that have just gone. And, let's be honest, Hearts haven't exactly. Kamarnik, is it the Kamarnik goal? Through, uh, St John's, one of the goals that went under them mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks um, ago. So, yeah, it's just couple something. A couple of ones against Celtic. The, the, the Celtic, the, the League Cup, yeah, the League Cup, Cup one. one. So, and just so not that we're like trying to pick on the guy, but when you see it like that, one in ten, if you, yeah, that's your, that's your. It's it's the old classic. People turn around and say, "Ah, but he's a good shot stopper." But that just annoys me, and it's I know it annoys you as well because realistically, he wouldn't even be a goalie if he wasn't a good shot stopper. Agreed. You know Agreed. that's that is bread and butter for yeah. being a goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. he's a good shot stopper. Well, mm, you know that's 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 what he's there to do. He's yeah. there to stop the shots, but yeah. it's his all round game that is letting him down, and mm. he's just taking his eye off the ball. And I think that the boy Doyle needs a chance, but it's one of those things. Goalkeeping is. Fickle. Like so based on confidence and Agreed. if he's dropped for this game, if the next game against Aberdeen, then and Doyle comes in, that could shatter him. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so not long after, uh, I mean this is a bit of went to pot. The, the capitulation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh June red card, daft. Stupid. It's on a yellow. I, I don't agree with it. I mean, for me, I don't think that it was a second yellow. I think his first one, yeah, he does slap the boy in the face. So I'm like, yeah, um, that's that's a fair yellow. I thought it was a very soft second yellow card. But I can understand some of the pundits saying, don't give the referee that choice. Hmm. You know, because it is a, is a, like, it is a sloppy foul, it's a silly foul. But 
You've certainly, you've certainly seen them and the referees sort of turned and said you've got one more aye you know and I think I think realistically if he turned around and went you know one more would Hearts have capitulated as, as much probably not but no, I agreed. The, um, even with 10 men there's there's no way that yeah. you should concede goals like that in that fashion yeah. because it was just embarrassing yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally I mean you think at that point right you keep it tight you've got 18 minutes keep it tight and try and nick one from a set piece you see what happens but Menga's goal um, I mean that's individually some of the worst goals you'll see this, to quote Billy Brown in one of the interviews he had when he was his Fife manager that's some of the worst that's one of the worst goals I've ever seen at this level I think five guys have a five, I just five guys, five, five guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think about five or six defenders have a shot to try and tackle him and they just don't yeah. so passive Be- Berra goes in and then sort of flip flops like a seal on the ground I don't quite know what he's doing Sean Clare watches him go past and then he has he's literally got so much time to turn it back onto his right foot turns left and turns then right. he just yeah. he, that that shot's not hit with any real power and it goes through and then all of a sudden it's just yeah. well you know Kim what we'll uh, we'll just pack up there that's yeah. it that's it done I mean Levine said that they chucked it I mean I think that's him being kind yeah third goal I mean so open absolutely six and sevens uh, the boy drives through the middle of the park yeah. pops it wide to, to Hardy and it's a decent finish but I mean, Aaron Hughes just, yeah. I've seen milk and oil turn that, uh, anchor, sorry. I mean, whatever you want to say, turn quicker, whatever cliche you want to use, but he just he just stands there. And to be fair, there's lamb milk there. He just stands in front of him. His yeah. lamb can't get him out of the way. So Ryan Hardy has the very easy job of going, Kim, what? See that big space there? I'll just put it there. Yeah. And it's just. Fourth goal, fourth goal terrible as well. One ball over the top from inside their own half. Straight over the top, Hardy runs onto it. Hughes can't get there, yeah. and again, another sort of simple finish for Hardy. And in the fifth, uh, again, so open in the box. The guy's got so much time. Has a shot as well yeah. blocked. It bounced back to burn. Uh, but I mean, and then there's no, like well, five. There's, Hughes, there's like, Hughes like, tries to clear it. Yeah, so that's right. It goes straight to burn. And there's like five players around him. He just chops it on his yeah. on his right foot, and again, there's so many bodies that has to go through, but they just stand and watch him. Yeah, and. You know, I've, I've spoken to a few Hearts fans and I think because it was obviously a Friday night, Christmas work nights out, etc. There's a few things that I cannot repeat on the podcast being said by a few of my friends. But, I mean, even speaking today to someone at work, they were saying that he, he just hates Aaron Hughes. But mm-hmm. this was before the game today. Just, you know, he's picking up a wage for nothing. And then, surely, surely that's him. Well, they might need him. They they might need him because Dickamona comes off in the first half. Understand that he's a, apparently a torn thigh, so I think he's out. He's out till the new year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've really only got in terms of set a half now. You've only really got Berra and Hughes at this moment in time. Well, Dunn's injured. Dickamona's injured. Suter's injured. Unless you go three at the back and you put maybe Michael Smith well, in. Michael Smith has played there already this season, just in a twos. Uh, or you so. play Haring at set a half. <sighs> Can they afford to lose Haring out the midfield? Realistically, I mean, June's not going to play next Saturday, and it's not the type of place that you want to go off the back of that result because Pitodri. I mean, I don't think Aberdeen are that good a team. This it's year. funny. It was funny because Aberdeen were a team perhaps four weeks ago. We were they were right down. They were just just above Hibs or below Hibs, which yeah. wasn't which wasn't great. I think they were about sixth, maybe seventh. I looked at the league table today, Calvin. 
And they're fourth. Fourth, yeah. And if I look at even more detail, at this moment in time, they're on the same points as Hearts, I think. They've got a game in hand tomorrow. They win that, they go three points clear against Dundee. So the chances are they, at they home, will, they, they will, will win that. Yeah. They win Saturday against Hearts. They're six points clear of Hearts. From, yeah. I mean, that is absolutely incredible turnaround in the last, well, however long, six weeks or so. Well, I mean, if without wanting to sort of pile on for Hearts fans, but if Hibs win... I know. On Wednesday and then beat Livy and Hearts don't get anything at Hibs go above them. And if someone had said six weeks ago that Hibs could be going into the derby on the 29th above Hearts, I'd be like, no, we can't. Yeah, it would be, it'd be absolutely uh, incredible. It's just, but I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very tough place to go. Aberdeen, I don't rate them. I don't rate them, if, if I'm honest. I think... They are just... See, the thing, I listen, again, listen to the radio. Uh, I think defensively, in midfield, I think they're, I think they're decent. I think they're all right. It's yeah. strikers they don't have. Oh, they've got... I mean, Stevie May, useless. The boy Cosgrove is just... Poor. It's just an animal. Eh? And, and the like, boy Wilson hasn't, hasn't performed no, either. No, I mean, for a guy that's at Man United. Yeah, so they've got three players there that haven't... Listen, I think Stephen May's a good player, but he's just not been doing it at, at no. Aberdeen at all. Not in form. Getting there slowly, getting back to form, but again, nowhere near what he maybe was at yeah. St Johnston. Um, Cosgrove hasn't doing it for me, and, and the boy Wilson hasn't really either. So, if they were to get a striker, then it would be a really good. It would be a decent. Well, I mean, they're solid enough in the middle of the park. The problem is they've got guys that are basically more than happy to leave the boot in and kick you all over the park. Mm-hmm. Lewis, Lewis Ferguson scores scores late goals, etc. But he is going to just go around that park on Sunday and it doesn't matter who it is, he will kick them. You know, so it could be Ollie Lee, it could be Bozinich, doesn't matter, he'll go through them because he's just an animal. So hearts hearts are going up there and they struggle to cope at Livy with a battle. With physicality, yeah. This is gonna be even worse. Mm. They need need to go up there and realistically get a get a result. I mean, I know that the the trip to Prague was was cancelled. It's not it's not the first time a team managed by Craig Levine's not shown up there, but <laughs> still I mean I, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that they've had to cancel their Christmas night out because the form at the start of the season Yeah you know, based on one game that, that shouldn't happen and realistically you're just a dour faced <clears throat> who's cancelled it, I suppose that's the thing, well, I suppose. Uh, but so. I mean they've certainly obviously put the work in. Uh, will they Smith be back for this weekend? Is it still a game too early? Well, no, that's what they're talking about. But the problem is, it's defensively. Need them back. Need need them back, but defensively, that's going to be the issue. Do you think they'll go three at the back, or do you think they will? I, I, I don't know if they can. I think I think Hughes will not play. I can't see him. I can't see him playing Hughes, and I think he'll play Smith there. So Budinho on the right. Um, Mitchell has to play further forward. They actually looked good in an attacking position. He, sh- he was very unlucky with his shot. Yeah. So. But the problem is Stephen McLean is not a lone striker. He cannot do that job. Yeah. So isolated. There's no one supporting him. But you know, it's the type of game that Hearts can go up there and they actually can get a. Good, they've not got an awful record mm-hmm. against Aberdeen, so they can go up there and get something. But I mean, the top six last year, they went up there and didn't lay a glove on Aberdeen. They mm-hmm. beat two 0 on a Friday night, and it was awful. Yeah. But. They've got up there, got to get something. 
would you see a, a point being a, probably not bad considering but the previous week was point would be a very good result at this moment in time yeah ok as we said it was a a real contrast of performances and results this weekend and none more so than, than Hibs on Sunday Callum Hibs to Celtic now uh, we spoke a, a couple of episodes ago on the podcast that we went through our December predictions you highlighted that Hibs had Celtic at a good time it was they had to beat I think Rosenberg or whoever it was at that, um, that time yeah they uh, had to beat Rosenberg on the Thursday beat Rosenberg night. and you were looking ahead you thought that's going to give them a must must turn up on the Thursday night mm-hmm. that happened on, on Thursday didn't play well but full strength a couple of injuries happened which you said may happen uh, couldn't have got Celtic at a better time Hibs could not have played any better on Sunday and Celtic were probably not quite in the races so everything was there for Hibs to put in a performance and they'd done that and quite frankly was that the best performance you've seen from Hibs under Neil Lennon? Oh that's a great question um, Yeah I think without a doubt just well beat Celtic tail end of last season 2-1 that was fantastic I think the the derbies at Easter Road have been very very good I rephrase this is it the best performance given the circumstances you know no Gray no Hanlon yeah well I mean you you, you list off who's injured I mean Hibs had the four first choice captains out because it goes Gray Hanlon McGregor then Bartley so Effie had the armband at the back but I think it is one of the best Hibs performances of recent years just that everywhere over the park that there wasn't a fault yesterday Hibs to a man were fantastic I think Stephen Whitaker has been absolutely chastised on this podcast on several occasions and he was phenomenal well I text you I text you pre-match I said Stephen Whitaker I, 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 I just put Stephen Whitaker question mark because we were at Kilmarnock he had a, a poor a very poor first half pulled off at half time not been seen since and then gets chucked straight in against the champions you know and it, it's just like where's that come from but well he starts it off you know, he starts off the move. Beautiful. Starts off the move. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better start. Starts the move, the counter-attack, uh, free-flowing, ball out to Slivka, great little uh, shimmy in the box, and then a, a good finish across it's Gordon. And simple. Uh, what, what a start. I was in shock. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think that's the first goal that Celtic have conceded in, in the first half in the league this season. So, I mean, 46 seconds, normally I last longer than that, but that's just absolutely frightening. The, the starting lineup itself was was interesting. You know, I, I presumably when, when you were at the ground and you've you seen it getting called out, you were just, you were waiting for, as it went further down, you went, where's the defensive mid, where's the defensive mid, where's the defensive mid, and there just wasn't one, really. You know, a midfield consisting of uh, Malin, Slivka, Horgan and Heinemann you're thinking God they've got Brown they've got Cham they're strong we're going to maybe get overrun here maybe going to get get uh, out fought in there maybe not enough strength in there but yeah. how wrong how wrong yeah legs were the answer legs as you said um, just as an aside after after the first goal went in uh, obviously he celebrated wildly and it's about 30 minutes into the game just out of the corner of my eye, there's a boy two rows in front and he's got <clears throat> holding up a set of keys and I went, that looks like my key then. They're my keys. 
<laughs> and then in his other hand, he's got my car keys. So he's got my car keys and his house keys. And I'm like, they're my keys, mate. And uh, like, he's like, how are they down here? I'm like, I have no idea. But they, <laughs> I think that's the first time they've ever flown out my pocket when... so. <laughs> almost almost give a boy a new house and a new car for Christmas but <laughs> but back to the back to the game Hibs were what was the key to success then Cal because it was an interesting well I think it helped Celtic weren't at the races but then were Celtic not at the races because Hibs played so well I think you you look through it and well all of the part legs when when Hearts beat Celtic earlier this season they got in their face they were right at them you don't let them settle you don't let them play you, they let them have the ball in the right areas you know they're not going to do anything with the ball just at their 18 yard line you let them have the ball there yeah. but as soon as they come within 10 yards of the, the of halfway then get in their face don't let them play it's ex- like exactly what Hearts did when they beat them one earlier in the season Hibs exactly I mean Salzburg did it it's exactly what Hibs did and thoroughly deserved the three points what happened a lot actually is Hibs pressed the second pass so they they let and it happened I remember watching it the game at Tynecastle um, I was on holiday I remember watching it we texted each other at the time uh, there's two strikers dropped off onto the onto I think full backs or right. at a time on the set of halves Gordon would play it to one of the set of halves Horgan pushed up on Brown and Cham so when the set of half got it all they had to do was get it back to Gordon yeah. and then Gordon's then hitting an under pressure clearance and then that's when Hibs are just picking up second ball all yeah. the time at the halfway line and it was and I, I don't understand why Celtic pers- but they did it for the whole game and they just put themselves under Try, pressure but just trying to be Barcelona I have no idea why trying to play football for the sake of playing football yeah, I, I, didn't, they, I didn't get they were it just, I mean, £9 million player up front and yeah he's up front by himself he's no support etc but doesn't he look like a nine million pound player? Well, how good? I mean, a couple of notes that I've taken here. I mean, I'll come to the second goal. I mean, the, the second goal is great. You know, Outstanding. another fantastic counter attack. Uh, Stevenson just wants the ball more than Sinclair. Just takes it off him. Sinclair just looks like a wee laddie. I mean, really, Stevenson just goes right through the, takes it off him, pops it inside, uh, flicked out wide to, to Mackey, who plays a fantastic first time ball into space for Canberra fantastic to touch in the chest takes another touch just to compose himself and a great finish and a great celebration as well yeah I think that was a sort of message to the folk that had been doubting him yeah he might have gone through a bit of a ban spell seven seven games without a goal uh, I think his last goal actually came against Celtic but the quality that he has is there what you also have to remember is he is also still pretty young um, but I think it was a fantastic goal and you know one that he's deserved I think over there. I mean there's been a few comments from Lennon Gary Parker about guys not trying as much the effort players are underperforming and I think that was just Canberra saying look I've, I've got it I'm here alright yeah I'm here I'm back I think Aye. Um, yeah it helps are comfortable you know I mean, Celtic had a couple of chances. I haven't seen say chances late yeah. on. I mean, well, they had one big chance, and it was a chance from from Lewis Morgan. Nah. It just goes past the post. Uh, if you watch it back, you can still see Ryan Porteous almost celebrating that more than one nah. of the goals. I think as it went wide, but uh, it could have been more. 
Mackie puts in a fantastic ball across for Camberry. Camberry puts a great ball across for Horgan. So, it, you know, it could have been a few more, but if, we'll certainly take two. two if now, if I'm honest, when, when we did the podcast after Hearts beat Celtic, I sat in, I think I didn't watch when I didn't see the game, sorry, when Hearts won 4 0. So it was the first time that I'd watched this game, uh, like a Hearts team beating Celtic, and they'd been that comfortable. Uh, and then it was exactly the same. Yeah. I genuinely, I said, I said at the game that Hibs needed the second goal because you know what they're like. Mm-hmm. You know they would have scraped something that would have been completely undeserved. But once you get a second goal, you can almost relax a little bit. But I mean, there wasn't even any sort of onslaught. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was it was an odd atmosphere. I think at, at the game yesterday. The, Hibs, Hibs it's been well documented that Hibs cut the allocation and yeah there might not have been as many <clears throat> Hibs fans and it did look a little bit I mean ridiculous but Kim what I but am, you've, you've always been an advocate Callum sorry to, to, to cut in there you've always been an advocate you don't like giving the full stand to, to away fans 100% you've, actually, never, you've never ever liked that I actually don't want them to be behind the goals I know because it, it drives your team on when you're shooting to walk, well, it, it should anyway, you know. If you've gone away and making a lot of noise and you're shooting towards them, or, you know, it drives you on when you've to, got three to and perform. When you've got 3,500 people all behind a goal. Making so much noise. Agreed. Then, of course, now, 100%, I am delighted that Hibs and Hearts are still giving each other the full stand because when it's, you know, you, you can't beat a wee that bit of time. So, absolutely not a problem with that. But cutting the allocation for Celtic fans, see see if and Rangers ah and Rangers see if the ground had literally had about five thousand in it. I still would have not <laughs> given them any more tickets. I think it was a hundred percent the right thing to do. The quietest I've ever heard either side of the old firm, and you know it's you know good on hips, good on hips. You know like this myth that oh you've lost out on forty thousand blah 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 doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Three you points. can you can take your you can take your money and shove it up your. <laughs> honestly, the the entitlement that has come across social media, honestly, get it up you. Yeah, but I think just looking at it and playing, as we we're just speaking about there, but before you what you said your points there, Callum. I think. Sorry, before I went into we ran. Yeah, but I think you're right. Get given a full three and a half thousand a whole stand. Yeah. If Hibs have won the lap going to the second half Celtic are hitting towards the south stand end um, who knows I mean, perhaps just giving it that half uh, cutting that what is maybe only 1500 fans then yeah. it's a bit quieter there's less you know it must be strained attacking an end but you you know you've not got 3,500 mm-hmm. trying to blow trying to suck the ball in yeah, you know? well, I mean that's it and yeah. so <clears throat> for, for me personally I, I, would, I wouldn't have the away fans behind the goal I'd put them Sort of in in the west, you know. I, I know this will never happen, but I I would put them in the like west, west etc. Yeah, exactly. West up. There you go. Have a. I mean, look at Newcastle. I know. I mean, look at where the away fans are. There, yeah. like they can't see the game. But, so, yeah, but if you look at a lot of grounds in England, there's not many that give away a stand like that. I think top of my head, you've got Goodison's at a side. Yeah. Anfield's half of a half of behind the As- goals. Aston Villa. Aston you're, Villa's always you're, a side. You're, you're at the Man side. Man a even, corner. Even Norwich, you're at the side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, 
Stanford Bridge is like half of the half yeah, again. Yeah, like Stanford Bridge and Liverpool, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Spurs, it was at the corner at White Hart Lane, you know. So you're not right behind the goal, and I mean, let's be honest. When anyone goes to either side of the old firm, when you're corner. going, when you're going to Ibrox, stuck in that tiny wee corner. When you're at Parkhead, you didn't see the game because of that big pole. So I tell you what, Celtic Petodri, fans. You're at a height aside. Once, once you get rid of that pole, we'll give you the full stand back. Petodri, you're at a side. You're at the side. Dun United. Dun United. You're at the side. Yeah. It's not. Un- it's not Mother- uncommon. Motherwell and even Kilmarnock, they will restrict the lower tier mm-hmm. and force you to sit in the upper. Yeah. So so just it's just it's wee daft things. You mind games, eh? But who knows? It's effective. Who knows? It's who effective knows? and realistically, if it works, ways right, then yeah. we'll know what we're doing for the rest of. The... That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, but there's a couple of other points about the race, Cal. Of How course. good were were Effie Ambrose and, and Ryan Porteous on Sunday? Magnificent. That is his starting partnership now. I think Effie Ambrose gets a lot of stick from. Other other clubs fans, but they're not watching him week in week out. And honestly, yeah, he's he's had a few howlers in his time, and he's he had a few shockers at Celtic, and he had the game up at Aberdeen uh, last year. This time last year when Hibs got beat four one, and he was poor, but he is absolutely phenomenal. He's been play- I think he's been playing the season so far. Cal, would you? Yeah, I think he's he's been absolutely f- fantastic for Hibs. Yeah, just an absolute standout. And Ryan Poches next to him. Honestly, he would shove his granny off a bus. <laughs> like it's just yeah. some of the tackles he's putting in. I mean, it was a very mature performance from. I, I played. Listen, I played a season with Ryan, and I remember telling you at the time mm-hmm. when he came on loan, I said, "Wait, wait till you see this boy." Uh, he came to Edinburgh City when he was seventeen. Um, uh, first couple of games, he. He actually got played midfield one game. He sort of got played right back. He just he felt maybe just we're just getting used to him. He's only there for he only been there for the first month. He then went and played a game at, at Cowden Beath. He played set half at Cowden Beath, and it was just like a switch. And he did, he played up against a boy Chris Renton, who's six foot four, tall. Renton did it in a header all game, and you thought, God, this boy's good at, at seventeen, you know. And since then, he just went from you know just went from better to better to better, from strength to strength. And I think that season he played something like 70-odd games that season. He practically played every game for Edinburgh City. He was playing 20s. He was playing for Scotland, 17s or 19s at that time. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's, he's filling out now. Yes. He, he's, he's so far beyond his years, Callum. And, uh, yeah, who knows where his career can go. Yes, at times he goes on his mazy runs, maybe gives the ball away cheaply at times. The Aberdeen goal, for example. Yeah. But... In terms of an out-and-out defender, Callum, I mean, he's, outstanding. He's, he's 19 years old. Obviously, he's not the finished article. No. But, I mean, anyone who sits there and says that he's not got something oh. after watching performances like that, you know... And to make it even better, Callum, he's a die-hard Hibs fan as well. Oh, absolutely. Massive, massive Hibs fan, apparently, that you've mentioned to me. So, yeah, fantastic from the pair of them. But, as I said to you yesterday, Hibs a man... Were, were excellent yesterday I was worried when Slivka went off injured which we've not even mentioned that but that's a horror tackle from Scott Brown straight red and the only reason it's not red is because it's Scott Brown but uh, <laughs> Sean Mackey came on yeah. and he was brilliant yeah came on really well and then and then Lewis Allen came on as well again it surprises me that 
McLaren's on the, the I don't think he's fit enough to play I don't, I would, I'm thinking maybe he wanted a little bit more well that's what I thought is he maybe thought more height more strength up there because yeah. I think he came on for Shaw so you're thinking yeah. maybe as Celtic get maybe set pieces you've got somebody a bit taller but every passing week Cal McLaren's just not really getting a sniff I've no idea what's going on there but you can't you can't change a team that's winning no uh, last point Callum is that the best game you see Stephen Mallon have on the hip strip one of yeah I think he I've said it a few times he's a bit of a passenger when you don't have the free kicks etc yesterday could not say that about him at all I thought he was fantastic there was one period where he snapped into tackles and won three or four in a row it was brilliant even his diagonal for Lumi yeah. Stevenson in the first half was just something we hadn't seen from Malin for maybe all season um, so it was so really good an, to see an absolute another aside there was I think it was about the 70th minute the uh, ball goes out the far corner and the ball boy stands there just with the ball in his hands outstretched and forces Scott Brown to walk <laughs> all the way over to him to get the ball without like throwing it down right? like without throwing it back to him and I was just like go on the ball boy yeah, I think a round of applause from the stand I was like, that's, that's it but. ok Cam Wednesday night huge uh, Rangers at home uh, on days gone by you'd probably have said or early on the season you probably said you know Celtic Rangers I'll probably take four points in these two games but because of the run that Hibs have gone on this has to be three points on Wednesday night yeah I think realistically for for all the goods that Hibs did yesterday by being Celtic you look at the table didn't didn't move them up a place did no. nothing there they're still two points behind Lemis then two points behind Aberdeen so if you if <clears throat> St Johnson if Hibs are wanting to oh I a few points behind St Johnson as well so, well Sorry, not Aberdeen, yes. And Johnson and Livingston, I think, are on 28. Um, so, if Hibs are wanting to get back into the top six, get back into the mix of it, phew, has to be three. Yeah, and I think, again, although one game at a time, Livingston Saturday's another. It has to be three points again. It has to be. Uh, yeah. Especially, as you were saying, where Hibs are at this moment in time of the season. And for Hibs' point of view, if you put together six points, you've got a good chance of being above Hearts, potentially, when it comes into Derby in a couple of weeks' time. But... Uh, they've got to put a run together I think you know Rangers Livingston then Rangers then Hearts oh, it's, um, because of the run I think Hibs have to be looking at something around about 10 points well yeah if if Hibs do take 10 points then I think my my shout of 17-18 isn't Oof. actually far off yeah. which after that display at Kilmarnock did not see coming no. but True. hey uh, who knows who knows we'll see what happens on Wednesday night OK, moving on to Embra City, Callum. I think about 10 days ago or so we said that uh, it was a, a big week for, for the mm-hmm. club. Massive, massive week. Uh, we said seven points, Annan, Peterhead and then Elgin. And that's exactly what they've done. Seven points. In the end, it was a comfortable win over Elgin City. Uh, 4-1. But for, for a spell, it was quite tight. Uh, it was the, yeah. last sort of, the last sort of maybe <coughs> half an hour or so that it, it opened up and it made it look a lot more comfortable than it probably was for the first little while uh, so I mean last week's podcast we're talking about City and saying there's not much between the two teams when they they played earlier in the season probably should have been a draw and then well for for large parts you're looking it's one each you know it's, it's pretty tight and then all of a sudden 
City just went nah yeah, um, we'll, we'll smash and seven points we said that was the minimum that was needed and they've got it you know and with Peterhead's game being called off it's five points clear five points clear yeah and a nice little buffer they've got Calum early exchanges quite quite even quite 50-50 the first real chance I think comes from uh, Cameron from Elgin hits a fantastic shot from 25 yards crashed off it on the side of the bar but bounces out Henderson had a chance not long after uh, found himself spare after a little sort of scramble but he, he sort of skies it but the op- opening goal uh, to make it 1-0 to Ember City Calm. it comes from, from Craig Thompson in that right back position a position finally that he's, he's now playing regular mm-hmm. uh, 100% his, most, his, his best position yeah. I think in seasons gone by Ember City he's played a more central he's, position he's center, but, but going back to right back just showing his quality fantastic diagonal and then a great chest and then smart finish from Blair Henderson I, I'm, I'm still not quite over how good the ball was yeah. it's unbelievable mm-hmm. that he's I mean it's just he's arrowed it brilliantly and it's one of those balls where you think oh is the defender getting there but it's just perfect, perfect. perfect. It's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant and I love the fact that so he, he plays the ball and he just starts walking back because he knows he knows <laughs> how good the pass is and he knows that there's a very good chance that the big man will finish and pff, what a finish one touch boom composing himself straight in fantastic goal like all round just yeah. aye a great goal yeah yeah. few again some further some further chances uh, for, for Ember City Elgin had a couple on the counter attack as well Rabban Omar uh, breaking through a couple of times but some good defending uh, from I think from we couldn't yeah. quite make out who it was I think, was I think Gareth Rogers was coming yeah. across but good defending anyway uh, there was also a decent save in there from, from Antel as well uh, from, from a Shane Sutherland uh, shot I think that was in the second half the equaliser uh, comes from uh, the aforementioned Rabban Omar uh, well I suppose maybe less said the better we don't have to go over it too much Callum yeah. pass back to Antel uh, I don't think the big man will want to see this again. And yeah. it's look, it can happen to goalies at all levels. Let's be honest. Hugo Lloris did it in the World Cup final this year. So yeah, these things happen. He's been caught out, and he knows next time just to take a touch and just put that right into the hat, the flats it. on the left hand side. Correct. Yeah, I think uh, just risk over reward, perhaps just take a touch and just boot it. If it has to go out for a throw in line with eighteen yard box, then so be it. Yep, if uh, in doubt. But listen, Smith, Henderson, they they, they get the points for Edinburgh City. Uh, Smith's goal, you, you you hadn't seen the highlights yet. I had, and I just said to you, wait till you see this goal. This is it here? And well, what a goal! Wow, eh, like honestly, <laughs> see if we did a sort of goal of the month thing. I think it would literally just be Edinburgh City so far because <laughs> it's just worldies. The, the those first two goals, Smith just. It was, I mean, the boy in the, the highlights saying, reminiscent of David Beckham, but I was like, it's a wee bit Manish. Portugal uh, against the Dutch, what, Euro 2004? It was, he just picks that up and bends that beautifully into the far corner. Fantastic angle for the highlights. Oh, he just, yeah, Graham Taylor just maybe a wee free kick there. Smith gets himself back on his feet. Taylor pops it inside to him. Touch, opens his body, whips that shot, posting in, far corner. <laughs> absolutely outstanding. Honestly, stunning. Yeah, 3-1, Graham Taylor drives through from the, from the middle of the park, outside the foot, that little little disguised through ball, Henderson runs off the back of the centre half, again takes a touch, puts it under the goalkeeper, who gets a touch to it but can't keep it out. And in the fourth, Callum Watson with a shot, 
Henderson with a purposeful deflection uh, to wrong foot and uh, Elgin goalkeeper to to get his hat trick, but he had other chances in there as well. He did. Cal. He did have one chance, I think. As Smith. We were, yeah. Yeah. As we were watching the highlights, talking about he he composing himself to finish well, and unfortunately on that occasion, uh, sort of fluffed his lines a little bit, but. It's the second hat trick of the season. What is it? How many goals? Twenty four. Twenty four. Just incredible. Just ah, uh, like twenty four. It's not New Year. I mean, twenty four. I mean, when realistically, I think. Well, when we had when we had Blair on the show, he's saying that twenty, you know, twenty, twenty for the season. But I mean, you're looking at Messi esque numbers. You know <laughs> that he could do this year. You're looking that he could score another twenty odd goals. I seen, I seen, we seen during the week there, Callum, that, that Andy Black had signed the dotted line. But I mean, how? I think they need to sign. Need to get him signed. I th- well, I, th- I think I think contract talks should be happening with a, a fair amount of players in that in that squad because. That the the unfortunate thing is that vultures do do always come calling, and the you can be victims of of your own success. There was was it a tweet some some guy that was <laughs> trying trying to uh, org, organize a move for him, saying how is how is no one else looking at him like from League One in England or something. Uh, I think that's been that, a bit too a bit too high, but certainly teams high end of League One. You know, there's part time teams in the Championship as well. There's full time teams in the championship. Well, I think yeah. I mean let's let's be honest, with with a goal scoring record like that, and he's young as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose concerns perhaps in the city. Mark Laird goes off uh, injured um, in the first half. Obviously, don't know the extent of that. However, you know, has to come off in the first half. You're expecting something isn't right there. Um, but Galbraith comes on and actually showed some nice touches some nice through passes in the highlights not in a role that I would have expected him to to show yeah. to show his class in but when you watch the highlights back there's a few passes Carolum, there's a ball at the top that's in the Elgin highlights not the Ember of City highlights which almost led to a goal so when you're losing Laird but can bring in a player of Galbraith's class that, that says a lot and it's something that we highlighted last week what that, that signing does yeah it's just strength and depth and Galbraith has played at a level you know you're not at Man United even as a youngster if you've not got ability you know Laird was at City as a youngster so you know <clears throat> the the quality that they have so I think there was there was one a uh, few few great touches in there and realistically it's just a fantastic signing gives them that little bit more uh, off the bench etc and you know, just fills out the squad for the title challenge. Well, it absolutely shows that. You know, you, Laird comes off in the first half and you bring on Galbraith. Two weeks ago, you've not got that, perhaps that quality to come on and you maybe have to change shape and change, make two or three changes. Uh, to accommodate, yeah. To accommodate one player coming off. So, yeah, again, just showing how good that signing could be. Cal, this weekend it's Cowden Beath. Um, Cowden Beath are actually in a decent run. Unbeaten since the 3rd of November, Cal. Includes a 2-0 win, win down in Annan, yeah, a 1-0 against Broda, a 2-0 win against Queen's Park. However, two draws in the last two games, one all against Albion Rovers, Ooh. but a decent point at home on Saturday, a one all draw with Clyde. So... Sorry, no, I was... Uh, I, sorry, go on. Yeah, so, on a decent little run. Uh, well, sorry, one all with Clyde the week before the game last weekend was called off against yeah. Peterhead, sorry. Uh, so, Cowdenbeath actually sixth in the league, uh, away from home Central Park, 
isn't the easiest place to go. The pitch is really small. It's really tight. Probably isn't going to suit uh, certain wide players and whatnot. I think it's going to be a, a game where perhaps Blair Henderson will be so pivotal because essentially anywhere on the park, Callum, you can put the ball into the box in yeah. terms of free kicks. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, but goalies, you know, anything, any free kick, you know, an offside, for example, half in your own half, you can put it into the opposing... It's like a, it's like a, a post, it's like a stamp, yeah. you know, it's square. Uh, so players like Henderson will be vital to knockdowns, headers. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be probably a tough game, but again, Callum, if you want to win titles... It has to be three points. It has to be three points. And I think... Realistically, they are. Yes, Cowdenbeath Beef have had an upturn in fortunes recently. They have they've signed better players. I don't think they'll be involved in the relegation playoff like they have been the past the past few seasons. They've certainly improved, but I still think they say have more than enough about them to to win this game. Yeah. Okay, Cal. Moving on to the lower league. Only one of our lower league teams uh, played at the weekend. Uh, Jack Frost did his work. So. Uh, it was only Ember Uni's game down in Gala just shows the, the benefits of an Ash tough pitch That's it. Um, so down in Netherdale we said last week in the podcast a point would be a decent result it would just keep that gap between them mm-hmm. uh, and Gala who were both in 5th and 6th I think at the time uh, no 8th no, and 9th 8th and 9th sorry that's, yeah. that's uh, my other notes there down further than the line uh, yes 8th and 9th it just keeps them 2 points clear I think of Gala and you know what to go behind uh, Rudy Payton scored uh, the Hibs Loney uh, scored for Gala to fall behind to then come back Including the points, it's a decent result. Yeah, I think the it was a must not lose, really, given the the few defeats that the uni have suffered, especially the the late one to Dalbiti last week. That was sore. Yeah, I think I'm still of the opinion they should have lost that game. So it was good. It's a good point for them going one 0 down. It's always difficult to get back into the game. So Gala had. A bit of an upturn uh, two months ago and then they've sort of plateaued out. They're a little bit... Up and uh, down, yeah. few bad results. So it was always going to be a tough game, but they get there and it's a good point at the end of the day. Yeah, Nicholas scoring for Ember Uni uh, and then keeper uh, Mark Tate, who's been at Ember Uni for a very long time, uh, pulled off some good saves in the second Struggling half as well. Struggling to graduate, so. is he? No he's, he's, no, he's not. He's a doctor and he uh, he's one of the players that's... You're allowed, I think you need to allow like two uh, or three players. Yeah, I was... Uh, so, but yeah. Um, oh, well. A couple of good saves in the second half. It just keeps the, keeps the point for Ember, for Ember United. For Ember United, sorry. Free week this week, so they can enjoy enjoy their Christmas. Uh, and you know what? A decent... It's been it's been some upturning for, really, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, fair enough. BSC result. WE, let's take them out of it. But from where they were at the start of the season yeah. with those Mullins the, the hands of Sterling Uni that has been very impressive the turnaround yeah. and I think they are they are getting better and they do have some very good players you know when I was there because you know, I'll be honest I didn't know any of the boys there but having seen them that they do have quality and you know I think they will, they will have a good end to the season. I think they've got quite a young side this year. Um, yes. Even when we spoke to Abdul Youssef, he was saying he was in the seconds last year, so presumably he's in only second, third year at uni. So you're talking only at a guy that's you know, 20, 21 years of age. You know? So um, 
as time goes on, maybe next season they're suddenly they're a year older, they're a year used to the Lone League, so perhaps next year. But if you can start putting runs and results that they've had, you know, the Kelly, the Spartans, yeah. the East Colbride results that they've had, um, could look good. 2019 could be a decent year, I think, for, for, for Embry, you know. 100%. Uh, but they've still got one more game left in 2018, however, they can enjoy their Christmas. Uh, okay, Spartans, their game was called off uh, against LPT last weekend. Um, this week they have Gretna. Gretna, well, <laughs> they were managerless two weeks ago. They played civil service strollers. They got beat 6 0. They were managers last weekend. They played an impressive edgy sport. They won 5 1. <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely incredible. Who knows uh, what, what Spartans will face this weekend if they face. Well, they'll face Gretna. Well, they'll face Gretna, but which Gretna will they get? You know, which, which uh, side of two face uh, will, they, will they meet? They'll Jekyll and Hyde performances yeah. from Gretna. That's. That is wow, you know, yeah. like because Edgy Sport decent enough to. I mean, Edgy Sport beat Civil two 0 They beat Civil. I think they drew so, with Spartans, did they not? Yeah, they won each with Spartans. So that that's Edgy Sport, and then that is that is swings and roundabouts. There, six 0 thumping to a five one pumping. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah, incredible. <sighs> so listen, Spartans at home uh, again. They can't afford any slip ups. Has they to cannot, be. Yeah. It has to be three points, but. You know, might be a little bit trickier than perhaps they would have thought. Yeah. Just given well. the result uh, last weekend, and again, you know, Edge Sport they play Asher Turf, Spartans play Asher Turf. So maybe Gretna should play on Asher Turf. Perhaps. But I think, like you said there, Spartans cannot afford slip ups, and yeah, it has to be three points. There's there's no other way of looking at it. It has to be a win. Yeah. Last but not least, Callum, Civil Service Strollers. Their game was called off uh, at the weekend. Uh, they were due to play Kelty Hearts. A bit of a shame, really. Kelty had two or three players suspended for that game, so uh, it had been a right good time to play Kelty, I think, uh, for Civil. Civil were in a good place after the previous week, them themselves winning 6-0 against uh, Gretna, what we've already mentioned. So, yeah, that's a real, a real sore one for, for, for Civil, I think. But this weekend, it's edgy sport. So they're on the back of a 5-1 defeat. Uh, that's either going to go either way you know that could be uh, Edge of Sport feeling sorry for themselves or what we expect Hearts to do to get a reaction oh. and bounce back I think you know Civil are currently 5th Edge of Sport 6th Civil have 2 games in hand over Edge of Sport Callum they are 3 points clear they've got a real chance to put just a marker down I think they could go 6 points clear yeah. and 2 games in hand and keep well, themselves right in the hunt and in touching distance of the top 4 cup. what was it um, was it McGuff that said that they went through and it was one of their best performances of the season against Edge Sport but they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net so if if it's if they can get over the line then you know I think it should be 3 points and if Civil are wanting to break in to the top 4 etc has to be three points. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay, Calm, that is that is uh, everything from the podcast. I didn't think it would take this long because there's only three or four mm-hmm. games to do. Ah. But uh, as always, we 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 talk a lot of nonsense, so it ends up ends up coming out a lot more. But um, listen, I'm not sure if we'll get another podcast in before Christmas. Perhaps. I'm not quite sure. If we do... I don't know. If we do, then fantastic. If not, we wish you all uh, a Merry Christmas. But there'll certainly be one before uh, the New Year. Without, without doubt, there's plenty without of games, shadow, there's yes. plenty games to, to fit in between now and, and New Year. So, uh, But if there isn't, then we do wish you a Merry Christmas. But uh, 
Thank you again for listening. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a, a review as always. It's much appreciated. But uh, thanks again for listening. I've been Andrew. I've been Carl. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast. <laughs>